0: With us and Dr. Lindsay uh, is the sustainability, global sustainability director at Caterpillar, and he has over 30 ex- years experience helping organizations become more sustainable by improving processes, products, and systems with respect to their energy, water, and materials utilization. And now he is leading Caterpillar's efforts to build a culture of sustainable development in all internal business units as well as with suppliers and customers. So we'll be hearing more about that. Good afternoon, dr. Lindsay. Hello how are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm probably better than i deserve
0: oh good well that you probably deserve to be i don't know. I think you probably deserve to feel pretty good
1: Well, not <laughs> if you talk to my wife
0: <laughs> oh you're funny okay well I'm excited to have you have you on the show i i um it, expounded upon you and the company a little bit in the first section of my show and Caterpillar is certainly a brand name that a lot of people have heard about but maybe can't really pinpoint one specific product in general but they know it has to do with uh, infrastructure and uh et cetera, et cetera. So we'll talk about the company, but I want to start out with you. Um, I provided a a really short intro here, but I'd love for our audience to get a better idea of of you and your career path and why Caterpillar made sense for you at this juncture.
1: Okay. So uh, I started my uh, sustainability career about as far from sustainability as you could uh, uh, right out of school. I uh, had a job working for a uh, <clears throat> engineering construction firm that uh uh cleaned up superfund sites hmm. and uh we uh we did one of the uh, the absolute worst uh, superfund sites uh, the where I think it was ranked 5 on EPA's list and wow. uh and uh, it was it was really nasty and even though we we wore essentially space suits to do the work uh one day it got so bad, I actually vomited into my respirator. And I was, as I was uh, aspirating my own vomit, I realized I was working at the wrong end of this problem. Mm-hmm. I, you know, up to that point, uh, studying environmental science and engineering, I thought that, you know, that was all about going around cleaning up messes. And then I I think it was at that moment I realized uh, be a better idea to prevent messes by, you know, doing things such that they didn't create those types of byproducts that cause all those problems. Um so I, I had done that for a couple of years. Then I had a position with Exxon out in the Powder River Basin at a mining operation. I did, uh, was in charge of the land reclamation.
2: Hmm.
1: And uh, somewhere along the line, I uh, moved into the production department. So I got a nice mix of you know, what it takes to protect the environment as well as, uh, you know, what it takes to produce something. And, uh, and was introduced to... Uh, uh, total quality management practices at that time, and, and I was able to see how those types of techniques could be used to improve environmental performance. And uh, after seven years of that, uh, that was out in Wyoming, uh, I uh, had a chance to return to the Midwest. I was born and raised in Illinois. I was back visiting family, and I saw the University of Illinois had uh, a position at uh, their their newly formed uh, Sustainable Technology Center and uh, ended up moving back to the Midwest. I was there for 20 years uh, doing research on more sustainable manufacturing practices, uh, more sustainable energy sources, that kind of thing, and also doing outreach to industry. And in some of the uh, outreach work, I uh, got to know the folks at Caterpillar. We'd done some projects together and uh, the, uh, I had my 20 years in. Uh, they were looking to up their sustainability game, and they asked me if I'd be interested in coming over. And I uh, thought it might be a good idea because Caterpillar is uniquely positioned at the, at the apex of sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, government really struggles with it. I mean, mm-hmm. Government can't, can't even pass a budget, you <laughs> But Caterpillar, because of what we do and what we make, uh, they're really positioned to to really make some some change.
0: Mm-hmm. So that must have been very attractive then for you when you were thinking about, okay, this is this is where I want to go because you felt like it was a company that, that gets it. Now you've been in, as far as I can tell, you've been there for about a year and a half, is that correct?
1: Yeah, a little over a year.
0: Okay. Now tell us what that's like. Tell us what it's like to... to uh, enter as you know, in as the as the sustainability global director of sustainable development, at sort of this you know eighty five year old industrial industrial giant that's Caterpillar.
1: Right. So, Caterpillar's had a, a pretty strong emphasis on sustainability for some time now. Uh, they've been producing a, a sustainability report since two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Caterpillar has been listed on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. Uh, for 12 consecutive years um, so you know there was considerable emphasis on it uh, some of the biggest challenges I faced is are associated with uh, more with culture uh, you know sustainability is one of those terms that everybody has an opinion on uh, and there's generally been a a, a lack of consistency around uh, uh, principles of sustainability uh priorities uh, and and strategies uh, for individual products and and processes and uh, 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 just general approaches now the the overriding uh, strategy the corporate strategy around sustainability uh, is very strong mm-hmm. uh, I liked it from the beginning it's one of the reasons I took the job and At at Caterpillar, uh, sustainability means focusing or or leveraging uh, innovation and technology to uh, improve productivity and efficiency both within our operations and in our customers' operations in ways that have less uh, negative impacts to the environment and to communities and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really solid approach, and it's different from most companies. Sure. so so while that part was was very strong i thought uh, uh the, the part that that was was weak was around principles of sustainability and uh so i spent a fair amount of time in the first month or two defining some corporate sustainability principles that would apply to everyone in the enterprise regardless of their role regardless of their status and regardless of their uh what, where they were positioned Uh, geographically, because, Mm -hmm. of course, we're a global uh, company, Mm -hmm. operations all over the world. And so we've got those uh, pretty well nailed down now. They're featured prominently in our 2012 sustainability report, which we just released uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's available online. It's easily found if you just Google Caterpillar Sustainability.
0: Right, exactly. I found it up there, and it's very easy to read through. It's in PDF form, so you can just download it easily. Right. Um, so tell me about the sustainability div- if there even is such a such a division, division at, at Caterpillar. When you came on last year, are you working with a team? Are you sort of out there cheerleading for the company uh on your own? Are you are you supported internationally? Give us a sense of what it looks like.
1: Yeah, it's it's a pretty small team. Okay. Uh it's a team of uh supposed to be five. Um uh, Uh, Currently, it's only three. We've had a couple of retirements, and because of austerity measures, I haven't been able to uh, replace them right now. Uh, This team uh, uh, is responsible for sustainability throughout the enterprise, so that would include the supply chain, uh, manufacturing, although our environmental health and safety uh, group uh, really does most of the uh, sustainability-oriented work in the manufacturing operations, although i Work closely with them. Uh, it includes, but it includes our dealership network. Mm-hmm. We have several hundred dealerships around the world,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it also includes uh, helping our customers with their sustainability issues. And when you, when you look at the entire life cycle of the enterprise in terms of uh, uh, sustainability impacts around energy and greenhouse gas emissions, by far our biggest uh, footprint. Is on uh, the customer side mm-hmm. because of what we make. Uh, essentially, we make tools, uh, big, heavy tools, <laughs> powerful tools uh, that do work, and to do work requires energy. And uh, so, uh, you know, we have a lot of customers in in construction, in mining, for yeah. instance. And uh, so, when you look at their energy utilization and, and and greenhouse gas footprint frequently it can be tied back to uh, to the product services and solutions that we provide them uh, so they're forever uh, uh, asking us to help them uh, with their sustainability performance as well
0: is that that is that um, that relationship with the customers is is it at a stage where where Caterpillar is, is requiring any any sustainability measures, or is it just you're you're serving re- re- really as a mentor, helping guide them along? Um,
1: we're more the mentor on that, and and there's a variety of ways that we help customers. I mean, we, we've had uh, some really strong uh, technology breakthroughs in the last few years. We have our D70 bulldozer that. Uh, uh, has a combination of diesel and electric motor drive power. Mm-hmm. And we're able to optimize both those technologies so that the, the diesel engine is always operating in, in uh, optimum RPMs, and we make full use of the electric motor to get the additional torque, and that's about a 25 to 50% fuel efficiency improvement. Uh, we released our first uh, hybrid excavator mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. That stores energy hydraulically instead of through batteries, and uh, that's another 25 to 50 percent improvement.
2: Wow.
1: Uh, we have our uh, uh, continu- area, our uh, in loader with a continuously variable transmission, mm-hmm. another huge gain in fuel efficiency. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, power generation equipment, uh, both reciprocating engines and turbines that run on a variety of, of, of fuels, including various alternative fuels such as uh, landfill gas and syngas and, and gas from uh, anaerobic digesters at mm-hmm. waste treatment facilities. Uh, so we've got individual products that can help the customers. And then for, for some applications, we have our job site solutions program where we'll come in and help them optimize their entire production system. Wow. And this is becoming more and more popular at, at mining operations and quarries Mm-hmm. uh places that tend to do the same uh, uh activities day in and day out for years on end mm-hmm. uh you can really get in there and optimize everything from their roads to rebuilding their engines to training their operators and and in doing so those operations tend to have about a uh a 30% better uh fuel efficiency performance than uh, operations that that don't make use of that,
0: wow. and that really affects obviously the bottom line too. So there, it's sort of like a, a value added. You you sell them you sell them s- something physical, but you also sell them an expertise along with that so that comes with the, the sale. Is right,
1: that- and I, and I see that really being the future, and and a lot of businesses are going that way to more of a a performance-based model, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what what does the customer need from Caterpillar? Right. Do they need to buy our equipment, or do they need to move some material? Right, exactly. And the fact of the matter is, they need to move material, and so uh, putting together a, a business model that helps them do that more efficiently is, is really, uh, in the long term, that's going to be the best solution for the customer.
0: Mm-hmm. And it puts you, it puts Caterpillar at a strategic advantage, too, in terms of- Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. yeah. Well, let's let's go back. Um, we'll, we'll jump ahead in a minute, but um, let's go back to the the culture of of the workplace at caterpillar. I know we we've painted the picture that it's a it's a multinational company very very large lots of employees it's it's about 85 years old so there's been lots of you know evolutions of you know how the way business has been run throughout the years when you when you walked in last year what kind of culture did you did you walk into um, I know you were, said that the sustainability principles needed some working and some honing but what were you what were you hearing from employees with regard to sustainability and, and all of the various business units
1: yeah, there's there's very strong interest in sustainability in general. I mean, there's a few skeptics around, yeah. uh, but they're, they're, the challenges are more around and how do I do it here? Uh, because of uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people at Caterpillar who have worked here all their adult lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very common to hear that you know someone has been here for thirty plus years, mm-hmm. and you know, when you look back over the last four decades of, say, environmentalism, uh, there's a longstanding belief that the environment and business are at odds with one another. So anything that you would do to protect the environment would be bad for business. Anything you do that would be good for business would be bad for the environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be challenged, challenging to overcome uh, that mindset and all of a sudden come in and say, oh, no, we can, we can do things so that we simultaneously improve environmental quality while we advance the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so another thing that we put together was uh, a series of, uh, of five uh, sustainability strategies that can be used in every business unit to improve sustainability performance. And, you know, we, we've ranked these strategies, such that the most preferred strategy is is focused on prevention prevention of waste prevention of byproducts mm-hmm. and you you achieve that through efficiency measures uh quality measures productivity measures because the easiest uh, problem to deal with is the one you never create right right, right. and uh, so so that's the most preferred strategy and then the least preferred are around you know pollution treatments and controls and uh, discharges and things like that, mm-hmm. because if you're if you're down there at the you know, the bottom strategies, then then you're working in that old uh, paradigm of the environment and business being at odds with one another. Right, but right. if I'm focused on things like prevention, if I'm focused on remanufacturing and rebuilding products, uh, if you know, we're world leaders in remanufacturing,
0: I know. We're, I definitely uh, want to talk about that as well. It's a big yeah. I we've been piece. doing that for
1: 40 years, and if if we can. If we can remanufacture a product we can preserve 85% of the embedded energy that went into making the original
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and get another life out of it. Mm-hmm. So when we bring materials and energy into our enterprise we want to keep them there. Exactly. We can we can keep extracting value from them without utilizing more resources.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that sustainability is is uh, uh the commitment to sustainability at Caterpillar is is Encouraging for for employee uh, recruitment. Do you think the young people who are interested in, in taking a job at a company like Caterpillar are demanding that there's some sort of corporate ethic around sustainability?
1: Absolutely, no question about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we recruit, uh, we'll survey potential employees about what's important to them, and sustainability always comes out either at the top or close to it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. <laughs> I think that that's definitely the trend, but it's you know, it's I talk to some people from so many different companies and it produce different different things and I um you're the first, you know, big large industrial company, you know, I've interviewed and, and I'm 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 fascinated how, it, you know, traditionally you wouldn't think Caterpillar sustainability just at the outset. But that's why, well, that's why the show exists and that's why, you know, you get press out and talk to the general public about it. But when you see, I see time and time again that the younger, the younger generations are really demanding that it be more than just a, just a paycheck.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and it can be challenging uh, for us because... You know, we're like a lot of companies. We, uh, I mean, our motto is making sustainable progress possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the, the the road to sustainability, particularly in developing countries, begins with a road. You <laughs> right. Know? That's true. And uh, and so we make our products with the idea that we want to make sustainable progress possible. I mean, that's that's what we're after. Uh, but you know, we've got equipment that's been out there for decades and decades. And it's it's impossible for us to track where it ends up. No. And there have been people that take our equipment, and they go out and they do bad things with it. Right. You know? And that, that's that been a challenge with tool ever since the first tools were developed. You go out and build something great with it, or you go out and tear something up with it. Right. And uh, sometimes, you know, there are scenarios where people, you know, are are uh, doing environmental damage with our equipment, and so we get associated with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but re- in reality, we had nothing to do with it. Right. It's, you know... You know, the automotive industry faces that too. If they don't build cars for drunk drivers, to will hurt somebody. That's right,
0: and, and the gun industry as well. You know, it's a, right? Yeah. right. Absolutely. Um, well, it's it's fascinating. I I I'm interested to talk a little bit. I know you've done uh, a lot of work as um as a PhD. Um, so you've done a lot of research on. Uh, energy-efficient technologies and alternative fuels production. I'd, I'd love to hear about some of the projects that you are currently working on in this regard.
1: Well, A lot of our focus in alternative fuels is on making sure that our equipment can operate on them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, particularly, uh, early focus was on biodiesel, for instance. Uh, but now, you know, we're getting on to next-generation biofuels and we're having to be able to operate on things like syngas, uh, which is a byproduct of pyrolysis, mm-hmm. which is popular next-generation biofuels. Um, we're doing a lot of work on uh, natural gas uh, as a fuel not only for our, our power generation products, but also for our rolling stock hmm. uh, because you know, the price of natural gas has really come down uh, and, uh, and on a per unit of energy basis, it's much cheaper than diesel fuel right now. So we're trying to uh, find more and more ways to use natural gas. Plus, it's very clean burning fuel. Um, and so there are lots of opportunities there. It's, it's also the easiest biofuel to make. I mean, mm-hmm. people have understood anaerobic digestion for a long time. Right, exactly. Uh, so so we've done a lot in that space. Uh, we we have a very solid uh, partnership with Waste Management Corporation. They operate uh, seventy through seventy-three, I think, power plants across the country now, uh, exclusively with Caterpillar uh, power generation equipment
0: hmm.
1: uh, off of landfill gas.
0: That's great. That's amazing. Um, th- that's funny. That I, uh, there's a biofuels company actually in Waltham, Mass. I'm, I'm based in Boston, and and they are they've partnered with waste management as well, and it's just nice to know that the biofuels world is really gaining some traction,
1: yeah, you know uh, the early generations I think you know that that fostered the food versus fuel debate that I, I think they got a little bit of a bad rap. I mm-hmm. think nobody thinks it's probably the best idea in the world to use a lot of our food to make fuel out of, but it's really a stepping stone to the next generation, in my view, mm-hmm. and and the, with the next generation, we'll be making biofuels out of municipal solid waste mm-hmm. and byproducts from uh, uh, paper mills and and uh, uh, lumber processing, you know, landscape waste, all those types of things that mm-hmm. uh, won't have the uh, the same type of impact on food processing.
0: Right. For those of you who are just tuning in, we are I'm speaking with um Dr. Tim Lindsay. He's the Global Director of Sustainable Development at Caterpillar. Let's um why don't we move on and talk a, a little bit about um well, you got an award. <laughs> I always love to talk about this stuff. Um you were the 2010 Pollution Prevention Champion. Um but you were named this uh by the National Pollution Prevention Roundtable. Tell tell us a little bit about this and what you did to Deserve it because it's relatively recent.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, 2010 already. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so the National Pollution Prevention Roundtable is a is a uh, uh, an association that represents uh, organizations that uh, uh, promote pollution prevention and help to diffuse it. And by pollution prevention, uh, these are these are measures that. Eliminate waste at the source. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's processes that that uh, that you modify them in such a way that they just generate less waste. So you, They have less to treat, less to manage, less to dispose of. And uh, you know, the, the pollution prevention movement is really the uh, the predecessor to sustainability in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, because it changed the paradigm from you know, how do we manage all these environmental problems to how do we prevent them from occurring in the first place? Right, right. And really when you look at sustainability, you know, that's that's truly really what we're talking about there as well to a great extent. Mm-hmm. And uh so that group's been in place for a couple of decades and in my previous position at the University of Illinois at the Sustainable Technology Center, I was involved with that group and, and I had developed some techniques, particularly uh with respect to promoting the adoption of more innovative uh practices and mm-hmm. technologies for preventing ways to preventing pollution and uh I had helped uh a lot of the other programs that were involved other university programs other state programs I had helped them uh, uh, uh implement some of the the same uh, methodologies to improve uh, uh their effectiveness mm-hmm. uh and uh... so they recognized me for that <laughs> and it was pretty nice and i have it on my wall right here in front of me that's one true. of my favorite achievements
0: that's great well, um, I want, I definitely want, we mentioned um, the, the remanufacturing before and i definitely want to spend a little time on this you call it on your website and you define it as a reman and um, it, it's, it's a huge aspect of what caterpillar does and um, I, I was just fascinated by all the information you had on your website. Can you talk a little bit more about the remanufacturing process at the the company?
1: Sure. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've been doing uh, remanufacturing uh, for I think forty years now, almost exactly.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, out of our total workforce of one hundred forty thousand employees, four thousand of them work directly in in reman. Uh, we we manufacture six thousand different products now. Oh. Uh, and, and by products, in this case, I mean individual components. You know, some of its engines, transmissions, you know, fuel pumps, water pumps, all these different things. Uh, and last count, I think last year, that represented about 170 million pounds of material. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of companies focus on recycling. Recycling is great, but if I'm just recycling, particularly metals. I I only recover about 20 percent of the embedded energy if I just recycle a scrap,
2: mm-hmm. but if
1: I reman- remanufacture, I preserve 85 percent or thereabouts on the average, and and so that's much more beneficial, and so that's why we show that as a as a higher strategy than just recycling, mm-hmm. and all that effort on an annual basis now uh, saves about in the neighborhood of 400 million uh, kilowatt hours of energy. Wow. Uh, as opposed to manufacturing new product, uh, and uh, it prevents about a uh, 180 million pounds of greenhouse gas equivalent. Uh, yeah, wow,
0: that, that's good. I just it, it's a, it's a huge part. I didn't realize it was such a huge part of, of Caterpillar's business, and um, it, it clearly is. <laughs> so
1: it's, well, and and it's it's uh, and it's growing. Right. Uh, and in fact, uh, we've moved to a point now where not only do we remanufacture a lot of our own products, but uh, uh, other industries are coming to us uh, and, and having us uh, uh, remanufacture some of their components as well. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, there's a wind turbine company where we remanufacture their, their gearboxes. Hmm. Uh, we're not in the wind turbine business, except for the fact that we're doing remanufacturing in that space. Wow. Uh, That's neat. And, and I see that kind of thing. going to happen more and more
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, down the road. That's great.
0: So what are you, in your year-plus couple-month career at Caterpillar, what what are you finding to be um, some of your most challenging projects so far, just challenges in general?
1: Uh, The biggest challenge is there are just so many opportunities and so much to do Uh, and you know, it's like peeling potatoes. You can only do one at a time. And, right. In some cases, um, you know, we, we've got sustainability embedded into the enterprise at, at, at levels that I think most companies don't. And I frequently made the comment, if a company can tell you everything they're doing in sustainability, they're probably not doing that much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, we, we have sustainability embedded in our revenue goals. We have it embedded in our technology strategy. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know. I can't tell you <laughs> uh, what the revenue goals are or what the new technologies we're working on and so forth, but but uh, we really do see it as an important part moving forward uh, mm-hmm. of, of the company's overall strategy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and you know so so making sure everybody has a, is working from the same principles and carrying the same message is, is a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And, you know, everybody from the people who market the new products mm-hmm. to the people who are working on designing the future ones, they need to all be working from the same core principles uh, to make everything work together.
0: Right, right. Well, a kind of a good challenge in a way, And the, the first challenge, being having so much to do and so much going on that it's really an issue of prior, prioritization. So that's good. That's,
1: that's good. <laughs> well, that's uh, good. well and, and one of the real keys is, Uh, I don't think it's appropriate to have a huge uh, sustainability department. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the reason I say that, I think so much more can be accomplished if you create a culture of sustainability. And Mm -hmm. and I think for for that reason, it makes sustainability very similar to quality. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ask people at Caterpillar, who's responsible for quality at Caterpillar, they better respond with, I am, Mm -hmm. right? And the same is true for safety. You know, who's responsible for safety? I am. Right. And right. I want to move sustainability to that point as well. Who's responsible for sustainability? I am.
2: Wow. Right. Wow. And
1: and I think that when we get to that point, we're not quite there yet. But I think uh talk to me a, a couple of years down the road and I think we will be. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's gonna be fun to get there.
0: That's terrific. Well one quick quick um last question. What what are you is there a specific project or something that's coming down the pike um the next, let's say, couple of years that would be fun for our listeners to hear about? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I know. Well, you know, it's
1: it's as I told you before, you know, like uh, uh, two years ago, my response would have been yes, Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: would have been specifically thinking about our hybrid excavator, maybe. Mm,
0: Okay. Uh, Okay. Right.
1: But I couldn't have told you about it then.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So we know that there's a lot of really neat things and cool things coming down the pike. We're just not exactly sure what they are.
1: Yeah, well, but we, we have a pretty good idea what they are. We're just not in a position <laughs> to share. it. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I get it. Um, well, we know that it's hopefully going to be promoting sustainable infrastructure, so that's the good news.
1: <laughs> well, there's no question about that. In fact, we uh, we have funded the World uh, Resources Institute at uh, uh, to the tune of about $12.5 million over a four-year period mm-hmm. to put together, basically, plans for more sustainable cities. You know, in the developing world, in areas of, of China and India so forth, they're going to be cities of 10 million people 10 years from now where nothing currently exists. Mm-hmm. So it, it creates a special opportunity to design a sustainable city from the ground up from scratch. Yeah you know and and if you can do that if you can design your transportation systems and your housing and your water systems and your food systems and everything from scratch and optimize them uh from ground zero you, you can you can accomplish so much more than coming in after the city's already been built yeah, exactly. and you've had your urban sprawl and everything take place and then try to retrofit more sustainable features into that city
0: right right
1: and uh so uh the, they're working on a program for that with our funding uh, and uh that's th- they're they're trying to establish some pilot cities uh that that will do just that well wow. they're working with some with the governments and so forth terrific. to do that
0: terrific well that that's exciting that that i that's the smart city movement and that's very very exciting right thank you so much tim for 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 talking to us today i know we we learned a lot and i'm thrilled to have you on the show.
1: Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. We'll do it again sometime. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Thank you. All right. Nature of Business is brought to you by the Energy Law Group at Downs-Racklin Martin PLLC, a full-service law firm with six offices in northern New England. DRM's energy team provides the complete menu of legal services to assist commercial renewable energy clients with project development, financing, siting, and regulatory approvals. For more information, log on to DRM.com. We will be right back.